0: Good morning, afternoon, and evening, and welcome to the 8311cast, your premier midwestern base sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Kyle Mersh, Mike Ludwig, Ari Barry, and Wyatt Teeter, as we talk about college football, the NFL, and of course, our signature segments, Mike's Stupid Rules and Write That Down Predictions, here on episode 239. If you're a fellow Cyclones fan like I am, I'm sure you are... Highly anticipating our discussion about the field goal or lack thereof field goal in this past weekend's Cyclones game. However, we will push that specific topic back towards our signature segment towards the end of the episode in Mike's Stupid Rules. So be sure to stick around for the rest of our college football discussion, which does include the Cyclones game, just not specifically that field goal or lack thereof. Some NFL and then we'll get into Mike's Stupid Rules. I don't even want to spend any time on a fun fact this week. Let's just get talking about football. Ironically,
1: I also don't want to spend that much time talking about this game because it was awful and I hated watching it. The Cyclones lost to Ohio 7-10. to You heard me correct. That is not Ohio State University. That's the University of Ohio, the Bobcats. Uh, yeah, they managed seven points. Ten, depending on your
2: thoughts on the aforementioned field goal.
1: Well, the scoreboard says seven. And they didn't do that till the end of the game. For all intents and purposes, it looked like we were going to get shut out by a school where I didn't even know where they were before the end of the day. And I thought this was going to be a a great little tune-up game where we'd be up quite a bit. I don't know what the odds were at the beginning. Two and a half point favorites. Two and a half point favorites. I thought it would be more than that, honestly. Time of possession. They had it for 36 minutes to our 24, and it was worse than the first half. I mean, it was an ugly game. Just basically all over. Credit to the defense, I guess. Like always, they did pretty well. But I don't know. I I don't have a lot to say because I don't want to say that much about it. It's going to be a long season.
2: I mean, the the offense was abysmal and specifically the running game was abysmal.
1: There wasn't a running game. 1.7 yards per rush.
2: I didn't quite watch the whole game. I watched most of it. And the best of those runs were, were Rocco Beck scrambling.
3: Yeah, he was our leading rusher. That's... That's terrible. I want to talk about the Rocco Beck scrambles, though. It seems like for being a dual threat quarterback. We we should see a little bit more out of those scrambles, but we just don't get it. And when he takes off, he just seems
1: slow. He's very. Yeah, it looks like he's running and then he just like folds down. Have we seen any designed runs for him really through three games? No, I don't think so. I can't think of any. I'm like, were we given the wrong like playbook here? Were we told the wrong thing? He has not looked like a dual threat quarterback to me at any point this season. He looks like a guy who can be kind of mobile and get out of the pocket, but not a guy where running is a tool for him or even a thing that he tends to think about. He doesn't really look to do it that much. I mean, this game was his best game rushing, and he had nine carries for 31 yards.
2: But do you remember those sacks count as negative rushing yards in college? So if oh, he got right. sacked at all, he did that. lose some yards for that. He
3: only got sacked once. It was the first sack allowed by the offensive line all season. so Which is incredible. I didn't know that, considering how bad we were.
2: Right. we're ter- the offensive line has been terrible in run blocking, but great in pass blocking, which is what baffles me. Right?
1: And multiple times... You saw a lot of time for him to throw, and it was just nothing still. They couldn't really get anything done.
2: It's very easy to blame the running backs when you run poorly, but it's, it's this offensive line for sure has been the problem.
1: I mean, you watch Norton, and he gets hit three times before you can even get back to the line of scrimmage. He's bouncing around like crazy, and he gets one yard.
3: I will say, and what we can't see, to Rocco's credit, is how the wide receivers are looking downfield. And I'm assuming um, unless he's not getting through his progressions well, which I feel like he is, I'm, assu- I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that these wide receivers are getting zero separation. I agree. Their route running skills are abysmal. And for a guy who's six, seven Easton Dean graded as a 37 uh, this weekend an offensive grade. Um, I saw Chris Williams retweet this on on Twitter X, whatever you want to call it. And that is horrible. Run blocking grade was, I think in the red, which is really, really bad. Pass catching horrible. He has not been good. I forget the it's other tight ends name. I forget the other tight end's name, but he graded as like the third highest overall rated offensive player this weekend. And Rocco Beck's graded as the, as the, the best offensive player this weekend. We have a we have a quarterback who isn't able to get the ball out because his weapons are terrible. And obviously we can't have wide receiver separation when the run game sucks, because what is your biggest threat to a very aggressive man coverage play action? And we were getting none of that when our run when we're only going 1.7 yards per carry. I mean,
2: I think the problem was I thought the passing game was fine. I mean, like you said, Becht was our best graded play. He went seventeen for twenty four for two hundred and thirty three yards. That that's not bad. The problem is we can't run the ball and we still ran the ball as many times as we threw the ball. Yeah. Like e- either you got to be able to run the ball or just or just throw it. Like I, I I was watching the game and right, it was just like oh, we're moving the ball, we're moving the ball. Oh, all of a sudden we won the ball on first and 10, and now it's second and 15. Well, now what are you supposed to do?
1: My thing is, I don't don't even think the passing game looked that good either. Like, through three games, I feel like Rocco Beck has a decent arm, but it feels like almost all of our offense has just been dink and dunk within five yards of the line, and we almost never take big shots down the field. So it's another thing where the defense doesn't have to worry about the run the defense generally doesn't have to worry about that many deep shots so it's just like okay move down the field 6 yards at a time 4 yards at a time and then fail to run that's pretty easy to defend i haven't seen a lot of excitement or interest in the defense of this new deep or sorry offense of the offensive coordinator that we just hired i haven't loved his work through three games if i'm going to be honest
3: well it's i mean it's a promotion so are we running still Most of Tom Manning's offense, I don't know. But something has got to change and it's got to change quick because that performance, that, that performance was abysmal and it lead, it led me to wonder how were we able to score more points against Iowa? Was this, was that Ohio defense better than Iowa's? Certainly I don't think so, but how are we able to move the ball and score more points against Iowa? I, I don't know. And then why weren't we able to, to transfer that over? How many How
1: many points do we have
3: versus Iowa? 10? Sure.
1: I, I think. I forget. That's not but, really that different. We missed two field goals, so there it is for you. 13, 13 against Iowa. Oh, 13. Okay, see, there you go. We would have had the same thing if we just made
3: our field goals. To be To be fair, so Jalen Noll didn't play in this game because apparently someone let five players on this team get food poisoning yeah does anybody know what they ate i'd love to know that i or where that food came from um but apparently they were up all night feeling horrible rocco becht was one of the people he obviously fought through it and then played so he played surprisingly well for being up until like 2 a.m two ints isn't great but he's trying to make some plays
2: yeah i get it i I mean nobody's helping him That second INT was not his fault.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, it's one of those things where we usually say this with the defense, right? We're like, the defense didn't play as well as you think, but that's because they're on the field constantly. It's just three and out, three and out, three and out. You can only play for so long you get tired. So when you have to do everything, like Rocco Beck, like, you're going to try and force some stuff. You're going to make some mistakes. As you said, maybe he was battling food poisoning, so, like, he wasn't really at his best anyway. So all things considered, admirable, I would say. I think that we all kind of thought that Rocco was maybe going to be the problem in this offense when it started. We kind of felt like we had seen guys at these other positions before, but he seems to have been, so far at least, one of the more, if not good, just like okay players. Like he hasn't been bad. He hasn't been great, but he hasn't been bad. Wide receivers been pretty bad. Offensive line had a lot of issues. Running backs, I don't even know how to grade them. I don't think we can. Because the offensive
2: line has just been so bad. Yeah. yeah.
1: I don't know. It's going to be a rough conference season.
2: <laughs> I I don't know what else to say about that game. Like special teams weren't great again, but what's new?
3: I want to say say something to that one guy screaming at Campbell that he's on the hot seat afterwards. Shut your mouth, you idiot. Like, what a butthole! I want to say something different, but we're PG here, you know.
0: I would agree with you. He's a butthole. He's not on the hot seat. Like, it was, sure, it was a bad performance, but I didn't
2: on. watch this video. Was it an Ohio fan or an Iowa State fan? It was an Iowa was, State fan. Well, it was
0: a guy in an in an Iowa State shirt. What you think? He like snuck it to the game in secret just to yell at Matt Campbell. He might be one of the guys who lives in Athens, and they—I they, don't know—maybe it's like I'm going to be an Iowa State fan now and then show up to the game or something. Who knows? Here's the thing, right? To any Iowa State fan that's going to call
1: for Matt Campbell to be fired, I just have one question for you, and it's: Who do you think you are?
0: What do you yeah, think exactly. we are here?
1: Like, this is not Alabama. This is not Georgia. This man is literally the most successful football coach that has ever been at this school. He can have four losing seasons in a row and he will still be the best football coach that has ever been at this school. When he leaves, I guarantee you it will be on his own terms. It will not be because we
2: fired him. Tell me who you want to replace him with and then we can at least start having a conversation. A sports fan has never had that before
1: they say fire somebody.
2: And, and, and the conversation will start with, why the heck do you think he's going to come to Iowa State? Yeah. And that'll yeah. be the end of the conversation.
3: And why do you think he's going to do better than Matt Campbell? Because it hasn't worked. Didn't we have a Gus Malzahn era here and that didn't work? Yeah, I mean...
1: We think this guy is so terrible. Why don't you tell that to Brees Hall? Why don't you tell that to Brock Party? Why don't you tell that to these guys who got to the NFL who are doing a good job here? You know, it's hard to get talent to a school like Iowa State. That's that's really the big issue, right? He's a great coach. We know he's a great coach. It's hard to get guys to come to this school over more prominent or schools.
3: Excuse me for for butting in here, but he did just sign the highest-rated recruiting class in Iowa State history. Does that not mean anything to anyone? They are young. This isn't Alabama or Georgia, where you're getting these kids coming in who are all from prep school, who are already ready for college, essentially, and they need one year in the SEC before they're somewhat already you know, first round draft prospects for the NFL. Come on. Like those aren't the guys we are recruiting. Wake up. It's horrible. I don't know. That video got me fired up and I was so mad at that one person and to everybody else (laughs) who was also in the same boat. It's probably fair to say that like on the
1: low end, probably 95% of Iowa State fans are totally fine with him being there. I I have to imagine it is such a minority but as always, that minority is loud as
2: heck.
3: Yeah. Yep, for sure. Unless anything, anybody else has anything to add, we can take a look at the OSU uh, preview and not Ohio State. And boy, am I glad we're not playing yeah, them.
2: Uh, the good news about this upcoming game against Oklahoma State is our loss to Ohio was only the second most embarrassing loss from a Big yeah. 12 team last week at Oklahoma State. Had the most embarrassing one. Oklahoma State, what was the final score of that game?
3: 33 to 7 lost to South Alabama. Ever heard of them before? Do
1: they have like a leopard as a logo or something? A jaguar.
3: Okay, yeah, yeah. I've That's seen close. them before.
1: It got spots on it. Yeah. So I've heard of them. Uh, don't know anything else about them, though.
3: It, it appears as if Oklahoma State has a quarterback issue alan bowman if any uh big 12 fan is acute acutely aware of him and his like previous history he was a pretty highly recruited quarterback for texas tech um came in i think maybe like three or four seasons after mahomes was there didn't fare too well there had a couple of injuries basically got lost in the depth chart transferred to oklahoma state He's not performing well this season. Uh, he's been replaced a couple of times by the coach's son, Gunnar Gundy, who also had a pretty terrible game uh, against South Alabama. Their quarterbacks combined for, oh man, where are the actual stats on that? I don't want to add that up. I,
2: I, I got it. I can get it. I can get it.
3: It's it's real bad. Overall, third down efficiency, they were four of 15 uh, for only 114 passing yards.
2: Six, 16 of 35 for 114 yards total. That's 3.3 3 yards per pass. Iowa State had 9.7 yards per pass, if you want to do that on a comparison. That's like three times better.
1: Imagine what watching that game was like, because I know what watching the Iowa State game was
3: like, and it wasn't that fun. This game is is obviously going to come down to which offense can perform a little bit better and i would say ultimately you know what we're going to do here is iowa state needs to just win the turnover margin in this game because as defense rack like stacks up between iowa state and oklahoma state iowa state is in complete command um in all defensive efficiencies total yards passing yards rushing yards points allowed third down percentage offense Oklahoma State does hold a slight edge in pretty much every single statistical category, which is very shocking for the reasons that we just mentioned. But for Iowa State, if you win the turnover margin here, I would say you have a really good chance. But the offense can't look as anemic as it did against Ohio, obviously. So I would say it's back to the drawing board, but I don't know what they're going to do differently.
1: Hopefully they should try and score points this week would be. A good start to is me. Is that the goal? I'm not an offensive coordinator, so I would defer to Mr. Schielhaus and how he wants to do it. More than one touchdown would be great.
3: I mean, is it is it going to be a thing where we where we can only win a football game this year if our defense scores a touchdown? Maybe. Because that's how it's virtually stacking up right now. That's how it's been so far.
2: The good news is I've got the silver lining for you guys. I'm going to guarantee you right now that our basketball team is going to win more games than the football team this year.
3: I think you are right on the money with that one. Our basketball team is going to win more games going into conference play already than our football team has won easily. (laughs) Yeah, they might even double the win uh, total by the time we get to conference play.
2: So that game is uh, three o'clock FS1. Um, It is in Ames. Um, Iowa State is three and a half point favorites. Um, in that game so put it it'd be a bigger upset if oklahoma state beat us than was for ohio to beat us what does that say
1: that this is going to be an ugly game i think probably uh-huh if you want to make sure you're keeping your drinking in line on saturday you can play a game that i've been playing the past two cyclones games to start with the cyhawk i drink a beer for every touchdown we score so i've had two beers in
3: two weeks it's been it's been really fun
1: Super exciting game
3: day! <laughs> did you go to an AA program before the season started? Yeah, I did. I, it was yeah, it was before the the Iowa
1: game, and I'm like, I'm gonna drink a beer for every touchdown we score, and then was like, okay, whatever, and I was like, I still haven't had a beer. <laughs> We're going into the second half.
2: The offense only plays well in the fourth quarter. Didn't you know that?
1: Uh, yeah, and well is generous. Fair. The offense only plays in the fourth quarter. Fair. But hey. I think Wyatt's the only one who predicted that Ohio lost. So great job,
0: Wyatt. Yeah, I did get that right. Unfortunately,
3: that is, I, is that our gold lining? No, and since Mike no, it's had not. the
0: silver lining,
3: <laughs> that's the 10 lining.
2: Well, I think we'll move on from this, uh, this bad football team. We'll talk about it more next week, but we'll move on for now. Um, and we'll go talk about weeks one and two of the NFL. Since there's two weeks, we won't detail every game. Obviously, uh, the Aaron Rodgers injury, um, he injured himself like live while we were recording last week. We were messaging about it while we were recording. He tore his Achilles. He's done for the year, probably, though now I hear this talk. He might come back. I'm skeptical.
3: I saw that as well. Maybe for a late playoff push. There's talk if he could come back for a late playoff push, but how are the Jets going to get to the playoffs with Zach Wilson as their quarterback? That is a
1: great question. And like, what other options do you have? It was the worst time of year that this could have happened. There just aren't any options. I think your best option is Carson Wentz, right? <laughs> Out of okay, all the names Cousins. I see thrown around, I think it's well, the how are
3: they gonna get Kirk Cousins, right? How do you get him? Yeah, I was gonna say, how can they afford that? I feel like they don't have enough cap
1: space. Is my understanding that they can't trade their first or second round pick because technically that pick those picks are in limbo because it could convey. Obviously it won't because he can't play, but in theory, those are on the board, right?
2: We'll we'll take we'll take two thirds for Kirk, take him off our hands. Then we'll collapse for Caleb and everything will be fine. Okay. No, I, I I don't actually think the Vikings should do that.
1: I was gonna say the one I thought was more realistic if you were trading for a vet quarterback would just be do the exact same thing that they did the first time. The Rams traded for him and won a Super Bowl, just go get Stafford. He's playing great through the first two weeks. Do the Rams really wanna win? It's hard to tell. They look great through two weeks. The Rams don't have any picks.
2: I'm, I'm sure you could, if you gave him a third-round pick and a fourth-round pick, the Cowboys would give you Trey Lance. That's
1: true. That'd be a great return.
2: Can he be traded again? I, I don't think there are rules against that.
3: Was that the third quarterback taken in that draft behind Zach Wilson? Uh, I don't know.
2: I don't know. I'd have to look that up.
3: Zach Wilson might have been the year after that. I forget. But that'd be a wild turn, wild turn of events. So... As we talked about, I, I would say, and Arion already kind of prefaced this, the Rams are my surprising team so far this season. I didn't think they would look this good or competitive. Puka, Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua, who is this? Who has the most receiving... Most reception. Most receptions in NFL yeah, history did. through the first two games of the NFL season. Is he at
1: 25 or something ridiculous?
3: No, he had over 30, I thought. I know we had 15 20, in the second Or maybe 27. Game, yeah, 27 or something like that. It was crazy. They'd been using him a lot, obviously, with Cooper Cup being out. But Kyron mm-hmm. Williams, rookie from Notre Dame, as Cam Akers has mysteriously disappeared again. Apparently, they're shopping him now. So that's exciting. Uh, that Rams defense basically had a bunch of no names on it because of how many first round picks they traded. But Aaron Donald is still there. It's crazy what can happen when that offensive line doesn't get hurt uh, and lose everyone through the first 2 weeks of the season. Matt Stafford has time to throw, and a loss to the 49ers is not a bad loss. Now, granted it was a home game and you hope to win those home divisional games, but are there really home games for the Rams? That is true. It was it 49ers home home yeah. field advantage in that game? They knocked the Sox off the Seattle Seahawks who then this week in week 2 went and beat the Lions in overtime. In Detroit, knocking off the team that beat the Chiefs in week one. That was a, a big matchup uh, in the NFC. So there has been a lot that has happened. But the surprises of the season so far, who would have put money on the Chargers being 0-2, the Bengals being 0-2, and then the Falcons and the Bucks being 2-0? and Yeah. I mean, if you would have put that together as a parlay you'd probably be sitting pretty with only a $5 bet.
1: I think my biggest surprise team is the the Chargers for me. Like, you came out, you lost a competitive game to the Dolphins, okay, that's fine. Your defense looked awful, even though you're supposed to have a defense guy for your head coach. But then you go out and you lose to the the Titans, who looked awful in week one, and I was wondering whether Tannehill should even be their starting quarterback, and then you lose to that? Like, what are we doing? Justin Herbert's supposed to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So why does his team just suck all the time? I'm not saying he's not a good quarterback, but like get the pieces around him and get the coach in place where you can do something because he's the guy that every team looks for to win. And you guys can't win with him, which is a waste of time and a waste of talent.
3: So here's the thing. They brought in Kellen Moore and everybody thought the offense was going to pick up because Kellen Moore came from Dallas. The offense was good there last year, albeit, you know, that. Dallas did have a lot of turnovers, but they were dynamic. Well, they bring in Kellen Moore and this offense honestly looks the exact same as it did last year. And the defense for being a defensive head coach has nothing to show for it. Like if you are going to be a defensive head coach, at least have your defense be a top 10 defense, just top 15 even right. This team can't stop a trickle of water. Like it, it's horrible how bad they are at defense. And like you said, they're wasting so much offensive talent. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Eckler, Justin Herbert, obviously who they gave a huge contract to this off season. Like this team has all the pieces to be very competitive and yeah. to challenge the chiefs at the top of the AFC West, but they just can't put it together. And all the people are saying, well, It's the Chargers year. It's the Chargers year. We've heard that for five, six years in a row with people picking the Chargers recently as their Super Bowl favorites. And they're just one of the biggest letdowns through it all. Constant, Yeah, that's the only thing that they're consistent with is being a letdown. Yeah, however good you think they are, they're going to be slightly worse, slightly to much more
1: worse than that. The Bengals, I'll give them a little bit of room because... There may
3: be something wrong with Joe Burrow. It looks like there's something wrong with Joe Burrow. And so here's the thing. If Joe Burrow was hurt, why the hell did you not sit him for the first two weeks of the season? The Bengals started out 0-2 last season, and they were just fine, clearly. Like, you can go 0-2 as the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow as a healthy starting quarterback and be just fine. But the fact that they put him out there and potentially risked him being injured... Deeper into the season is just poor player personnel management.
1: Yeah, just just throw Will
3: Greer out there, who is apparently their oh. backup,
1: former out of West Virginia, and just Virginia, run the ball, yeah. right? Just run the ball. You have the best wide receiver room in the freaking NFL, in my opinion. Like, just how much better did it do you to put him out there and risk injury? You're still low and two. Maybe he's just lost it and he's bad
3: this year, but I don't believe that he's a very good quarterback. I don't believe it, but Something's funky with him. If he lost it and he doesn't have it anymore, that contract looks pretty bad right now. <laughs> yeah, it uh, does. So I, there's no way I think that's the case, but that is that is a big surprise. The Atlanta Falcons, on the other hand, they've got some pieces. They had some pieces where they were close last season. We saw it on quarterback. Am I saying that they're going to be, you know, a team to reckon with in the NFC? No, but they do have a chance in a very much so wide open NFC South to be a contender this year, at least for a playoff spot. So they're obviously a team to watch, but I don't know if they can maintain that consistency with obviously Tampa Bay who i openly on this podcast said that they were in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes so there you have it shout out to the Arizona Cardinals for finding a way to lose that game though and sit at 0 and 2 your God, Caleb Williams sweepstakes is starting off strong this year i haven't
1: seen Tampa Bay play yet this year so i don't know exactly what's happening there but it definitely surprises me that they're 2 and 0 but uh, this week they did play the Bears who just sucked. They, they beat the Bears and the Vikings. And the Vikings. Who, and the Vikings.
2: The, yeah, the the answer is that they didn't play well against the Vikings. The Vikings just played worse.
1: That's true. We'll get to the Vikings in a second. But I just want to say, like, with the Bears, right? When are we gonna just admit that Justin Fields is not it, right? I think it's I think it's gotta be time. It's never he's never been that good. You got your pieces, your offensive help this year,
3: and it seems like he's actually regressed.
1: Yeah, Fields is not Josh Allen. Fields is not Lamar Jackson. He is not a quarterback who runs and can throw also. He's a quarterback who runs and can't read the field. He doesn't get through his progressions. He has a big arm, but he can't use it to go anywhere. Like, he is not that good at quarterback. He just isn't. You might as well just use him like Taysom Hill.
3: He's not terribly accurate when you do throw it either.
1: Yeah, exactly. He can just throw it far down the field. Who cares?
3: All recipes for disaster. And what you said, and at what point do you just admit defeat in that aspect when there are legit, like legitimately four to five, for sure, first round quarterbacks, potentially in this draft upcoming behind Caleb Williams, who's obviously headlining it all. But you have a chance to just reset and, and give it a go again. Now, to be fair, Matt they have a really good case for that because Matt Eberflus and then the GM for Chicago didn't draft Justin Fields yeah so they have zero loyalty to him and they can just go to ownership and say he's not our guy so we should just pivot and move on and that there you have it that's kind of where the Bears are at right now yeah it sounds a little crazy after two games but guess what this isn't basketball
1: this isn't baseball like over 11% of the season is gone already.
2: Yes, you can, you can start to overreact to the first two weeks of the NFL season. I do give you permission to do that. You can't make wholesale judgments, but you can, you can, you can start for sure.
3: And I think it, I, I do think it's time to panic for fans in Chicago about that quarterback
1: situation. I don't even know that you panic because it's a quarterback in Chicago and they just have never had one really. So, you know, it's just more of the same, right? Jake Cutler is your high, your high point, your high watermark. So That's you not never got right. a great quarterback. Would you like to make any start to make some predictions about your home team, Mike, with the Vikings and the disaster that they've had this first two weeks?
2: I mean, I think we we talked about this a little bit before the episode. Just stop fumbling, Like right? You've turned the ball over. You've fumbled six times, turning the ball over seven total times, I believe, in the first two weeks. You can argue you've been the... With the exception of turnovers, which I know is a huge part of the game, but you could make the argument that you were the better team both weeks with the exception of turnovers.
3: Yeah. That game against the Eagles was not Kirk Cousins' fault. You know I'm a
1: Kirk Cousins hater, and Kirk Cousins has played very well through these first two games. Like, what else do you want him to do? He's leading the charge. He's standing up. He's getting hit all the freaking time, like always, and he's just delivering strikes still. What else can the man do? It's just I mean he's been he's fumbled the ball three times that's fair, but not all, all those are really his fault when he's getting blasted uh, It's just like hold on to the ball and you
2: guys are a two and0 team easy yep and and like the reason I'm not super concerned is because turnovers tend to be somewhat fluky, like not totally right but at least somewhat fluky so stop turning the ball over you could. Right, this game against the Chargers on Sunday is a winnable. It's at home. It's a winnable game. You might not be favored, but that's a winnable game. Yes, it's the
3: Chargers. We just talked about it. They're a mess. <laughs> whatever, whatever team goes loses that game, it is panic time for those. Yes. dudes. Wow. But then you get
2: then you get the, the Panthers who aren't good,
3: and then you get the Chiefs,
2: right? Which is at home, but still you won't be favored in that game. Then you get the Bears who are terrible, right? The, you could easily get back to three and three. And if you're three and three, this whole division is not great. We all thought the Packers were great after beating the Bears. Well, it turns out the Bears just suck and the Packers were mediocre against the Falcons.
3: Yeah. And look horrible without Aaron Jones.
2: Yeah. And the Lions got beaten overtime by Seattle, like you talked about already, Kyle. So the Vikings are still in this division. They need to stop turning the ball over. So that, that's my thought on, on the Vikings.
3: Yeah, fair enough. That's great. I mean, the Vikings, it almost feels like a must win uh, in week three, because if you look at that at zero and three and then you get the Bears or whoever else was your week 4 I forget. Was it the Bears, Mike?
2: Panthers, week four.
3: Panthers. Sorry, Panthers. And then you get the Chiefs. I mean, you could be staring down the barrel of a one and four start and and that one is a little bit painful, but it it's still wide open, as we talked about with that division. I will say, so we talked about Mike's team to the Chiefs' sake. It, they, got, they went and got a win in Jacksonville, and that's all that matters. Now, it looked ugly. The Chiefs had mm-hmm. 12 penalties. They were trying to shoot themselves in the foot. They had three turnovers, uh, interception, a horribly muffed punt by Richie James. I'm not exactly sure what roster spot he's occupying on this roster still. I don't know if his spot's safe for much longer. I'm not even sure what ball he thought he was catching. He looked to his left and it hit him on the right shoulder.
1: Don't know you It was bad. Kyle and I were texting a little bit during this game and I texted
3: him and I was like, that was a beautiful punt. And I think that was the best thing that happened in the first half. Other than that, it was awful. Tommy Townsend had a great punt. This first half of this game was awful. Abysmal to watch. Chris Jones did make a statement uh, in his first game back. He played a ton of downs in the Jacksonville humidity. It was hot there. Multiple players went out with cramps. Made a huge case for obviously getting a massive contract in free agency this year. So he came back and proved that he was a game wrecker. Travis Kelsey had some weird tantrums uh, like he was. Yeah, that was very old school of him. Like he did that five, six years ago. I don't know what he was doing. Sky Moore finally had a good game, but other than that, this receiver room still looks bad. And I, Mahomes was trying to force too much stuff sometimes. Obviously, Jawan Taylor was picked on a little bit this weekend after the first week in which everyone was upset, Ralph, rightfully, rightfully so, based on him lining up and looking like he was false starting. I will say maybe a little bit unfairly of a, pivot the other way in an overcorrection but
1: the coaches had to know that was coming though right I can't believe they didn't make that adjustment
3: he needs to fix it make that adjustment for next week he'll be fine we've left him on an island and he's only allowed one quarterback pressure so far this season in pass blocking so he'll be okay Overall, this team needs a wide receiver. Mike Evans looked great this weekend. We freed up some cap space with Mahomes getting a new record for They're a year.
2: They're 2-0. They're not trading Mike Evans with their 2 and O.
3: Let a
1: man dream, Mike.
3: Let a man dream. Come on. Hey, hey, I, it's only wishful thinking. is not trading for, trading for Chase Claypool, though. So
1: You know who's 0-2 and, and has good receivers? The Chargers.
3: I don't want Mike
1: Williams. He's never available. Go get Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's way better.
2: You know, you know who else is 0-2 and has good receivers?
3: <laughs> the Vikings?
2: The, the Vikings.
3: You want to trade anybody? Could you imagine if the Chiefs traded for Justin Jefferson and then they had to pay I him? I cannot. I cannot Ow. imagine that.
2: It's not happening. I was just, just saying it uh, as, a, as a funny funny statement there. but
1: I think the Chiefs ran three run plays in the whole first half, it felt like. They literally just threw the ball every single time. And then when they started running it a little bit in the second half, the game opened up. And I don't think that you can force game plan over game flow, right? Like you still have to win games. It's not just like, well, we want to make sure our young receivers feel more confident, like too bad. Play well and you'll get the ball. Let's try and win a game. Overall, get a win, I guess. That's what matters
3: at the end. Is the W. That is what matters. And now they get to play, as we've talked about a lot, this on this episode, they get to play the Bears this weekend, and there it is the largest point spread that the Chiefs are favored by in their history. So this should go well.
1: I'm just gonna go ahead and guess Chris Jones is about to tee off this weekend. <laughs> Honestly, I would hope so. I set the over under it
3: like one and a half sacks, easy, maybe two and a half. So yeah, there you have it. There's there's the NFL wrap up for weeks one and two. Oh, what I didn't mention. The Dallas Cowboys defense looks really good but guys I the one thing that I have to say they do look really good but we played the Giants who looked horrible for six quarters to start the season and then the Jets with Zach Wilson as your backup quarterback I'll like to see what the the, the, Cow, the Cowboys have an, an easy schedule this year they're gonna roll I get that but They have a huge stretch where they play at the 49ers and then they have the Chargers. So those are two big games uh, and they have a really tough end of the season. So obviously they'll be stacked up based on that. That defense looks aggressive and Micah Parsons. He's a freak. Yeah, but uh,
1: I mean a collective 70 to 10, I think, through two weeks combined score. That's pretty impressive.
3: Uh, Incredibly impressive. Yeah, I would not want to see him on my schedule.
2: Sorry, I'm just distracted by how much of a of a of a mess this uh Brown Steelers game is right now. It's crazy. Uh, any other thoughts on the NFL? Otherwise I really want to talk about this field goal. I've been dying to talk about this field goal.
1: Let's get to it. Let's the lack of it. a field goal.
2: If you haven't seen the play, I'm not gonna describe it. Just just go watch it. There are a couple couple questions I have about uh, that come up from a rules perspective. First of all, what is a good field goal? So for that, we'll go to Section 4, Article 1 of the NCAA Rules. It says, a field goal shall be scored if a scrimmage kick, which may be a drop kick or a place kick, passes over the crossbar between the uprights of the receiving team's goal before it touches the player of the kicking team or the ground. So first of all, the key to look at there is between the uprights, which is quite obvious if the kick is between the uprights if the kick goes over the uprights that's a little more complicated and then it's the officials judgment as to whether or not it would have gone through the uprights had it had the uprights been taller so that's the first thing to talk about i guess so i want you guys' thoughts first of all did you think that was good or not i
3: thought it was good i thought it was good
0: yeah jinx Every kick I've seen that's like that has been called good.
2: The question is, do you think it went over the upright? Or do you think it was below the upright when it went in? That's the second question you need to answer. It
1: was,
0: over the, it was it over, over, over the upright. It
2: was over the upright, yeah. yeah. Okay. Right? So if it's over the upright, it is a judgment call for the official. And that's where this other rule is going to come into play. We were talking about it for reviews, right? Why, why we didn't challenge this. Why wasn't it a reviewable play? So for that, we are going to go to uh, Rule 12, Section 3, Article 1, which is on reviewable plays, uh, and then Part B of that rule. A reviewable play involves a potential score including field goal attempt if and only if the ball is ruled below or above the crossbar or inside or outside of the upright, when it is lower than the top of the upright. So I was correct in saying that field goals are reviewable, but this one was not because we all agreed that it went over the uprights, and field goals are not reviewable when they go over the upright. So that's why it wasn't reviewed. It was if if the official goes to the if the replay monitor goes down and the official says no, that went over the upright, that they can't review it. There's nothing. There's nothing that can be done about it. It is not a reviewable play at that point.
1: If they called it good, that, that's fine. They can still call it in or out, right? It's just a judgment call, but just because they called it out on the field, they couldn't go back and look at it because it went over.
2: Correct. If they would have called it in, they also could not have um, yeah reviewed it, right? It, it's, if it goes over the crossbar, or, yeah, sorry, the upright, it is not reviewable, period, regardless of what the call is. Just a question of, do you think it would have gone in had the uprights been taller? I don't know. Like, like I said, live I thought it went in and on replays I also thought it went in but could I s- we didn't have the perfect angle on that do do I think it should have counted yes probably but can I see why it was called the way it was called yes I think I can
0: yeah I'm not going to blame the front judge but I do want to lament some frustrations that I have with this rule so let's divvy up our rules into high school rules college rules and NFL in high school Specifically, Rule 8, Section 4, Article 1, in the casebook, they have an example where the ball goes directly over an upright. In high school rules, that is not a good field goal because the ball did not penetrate the plane of the goal between the inside of the uprights and above the crossbar. So in high school, it has to be between the uprights explicitly, right? If it goes over, it's not in. It says that explicitly. If you look at the NFL, the NFL says the entire ball must pass through the vertical plane of the goal, which is the area above the crossbar and between the uprights. Which is fine; that that corresponds exactly with the college rule. And then it says, if above the uprights, it must be between the outside edges of the uprights.
2: So they are directly over the upright, is good. In that exactly thing, correct,
0: which I've always thought the college rule was the exact same because I've seen many of balls go above an upright that has been called good so when that was not called good i was extremely frustrated and i broke out the rule book because that's what you do when you get frustrated
2: that's what i did
0: and then i find that the ncaa leaves it ambiguous they never they clarify it. whether or not the ball is good when it's above the upright and i hate it i i wish there were some clarification as whether or not that's in or out I, I don't care which i've been under the impression it's been in because again historically that's what i've seen but the rules leave it up for interpretation, which I think is terrible. Pick I one. Agree.
2: Yeah, pick, I agree. That, well, that was what I thought when I was looking through the rules for this segment, too. I was like, well, I'll, there should be something – there should be a note in there or something that doesn't leave it ambiguous. But it's ambiguous, which is, is frustrating and it leads to judgment calls.
0: Extremely so. frustrating. So like I said, I'm not going to blame the front judge that's you – know, that, that was his call. I'm not, not going to get mad at that guy. That's fine. But I think the rules need to be less ambiguous in this circumstance.
2: Yeah, I, I totally agree. In the end, no, this isn't what cost us the game. You got to play better on offense. You missed another field goal that you could have made too. But overall, you know, play better. Don't let crazy think kick it three inches further to the left, and this isn't a problem.
1: Yeah, put it between the field goal posts, and then we would be good.
2: Also, the funny part is if, if that field goal is from five yards further back, that's good because it was cutting yeah. in. So if that thing's five yards further back, that's a good field goal. So any other thoughts on, on this rule or the field goals before we, uh, we call it good? Yeah, I'm good. Hearing nothing, we will move on to our accountability session. A lot coming off the board again this week. Um, so we will jump right into it. First prediction off the board was Arian, saying that the Cardinals will win their division. They were officially eliminated from NL Central contention this past week. So Arian gets a, nah,
3: nah, nah, nah.
2: Arian, you also predicted that the Cardinals would have a losing record this year. They're currently 66 and 83, which means they cannot um, have a winning record at any point. So, they will end ha- the year with a losing record. So, ding, ding, ding,
3: ding, ding.
2: You also predicted that an American woman podiums for lead and an Indonesian man podiums for the speed in some sort of climbing championships. I'm told that didn't happen. You told me that didn't happen.
1: Yeah, that did not happen. Only half of that happened.
2: Cool. Well, either you said both, so that's a Man. Nah. Nah. Uh Kyle, you predicted that Lando Norris would win two more podiums this year, which I'm told did happen. So, ding 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 ding
0: ding. ding, ding, ding.
2: ding. But you also predicted that Ferrari would not win a race this year, and I'm told Signs won the most recent race. So you get a nah. 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 Josh predicted that the Packers would be undefeated longer than the Jets. They both started one and zero, and are now both zero and one. Are now both one and one.
3: The Packers lost before the Jets. Yes,
2: but the Packers played a noon game and the Jets played a three twenty-five game. So technically the Jets were undefeated longer. So Josh gets a nah. 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 Arian, you predicted that Norton would get a rushing T D. Um with our running game, nobody rushed for anything. So for that you get a nah.
1: nah. nah.
2: And then, Arianne, you also predicted the Chiefs would win by double digits against the Jaguars. That game was 17-9, to 9, which last time I did math is only 8, which is not 10 or more. So, nah.
1: nah, nah.
2: That is it for our accountability session. Arianne, you want to start by getting things back on the board? Yeah,
1: I can do that. Um, I just didn't really have anything that uh, exciting for me this week to predict, so I'm just going to predict that The Cardinals can just win one series before the end of the year. We're pretty close to the end of the regular season. Just win one series. They have Milwaukee. It's all in Milwaukee. Then, or It's in St. Louis versus Milwaukee. Then at San Diego, at Milwaukee, and at home versus Cincinnati. Just one. That's all I want. Your lack of creativity
0: in your predictions, probably because you had three of them last week.
1: Yeah, you're right. I'm trying to average out, I guess. (laughs) I had a lot come off this week, and they were all wrong. So,
2: <laughs> one Cardinals with the losing record. Was oh, that's right? true.
1: Thank you, Cardinals, for you know for it's losing? nice to see in my predictions like all the stages of grief.
2: You still have one that says they're going to win seventy-five games, which they could still do, but they probably won't.
1: Yeah, probably won't. And that was only like two weeks ago when I made that one.
2: They got to go nine and four down the stretch to get to seventy-five games. Uh, I think there's probably a double.
0: Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that, that that vibes. Double. All
2: right.
1: I'll take it. It's kind of sad, but I'll take it.
2: <laughs> I am going to predict that the Vikings still manage to win at least eight games this year, regular season games, if it matters. If somehow they win seven and make it to the playoffs,
1: <laughs> let's see. So we just talked about they had a nice record or a nice thing going up. So let's
3: see. They have they need eight mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah Where do you see do they have an updated win total
1: so if i'm scrolling through these versus panthers i'll call that a pick em, honestly panthers i think you guys can beat at bears Eh, they look really really bad but it's a their stadium i'd probably give you guys that one at packers lose falcons probably a win saints win Broncos, we didn't talk about them, but they still look like Bad. garbage or Sean Payton. So that's a win. Bears double up. That's six. So then you got Raiders, Bengals, Lions. Do you think there are two wins? Basically, two wins in these four games. Chargers, Raiders, Bengals, Lions. I oh, don't know. I'm missing some. There's Packers and Lions again. It's pretty close. I don't know what their win total is.
2: ESPN-FPI projects the Vikings at seven and a half wins now.
1: That's pretty much oh, what I was right? going
3: to say as well. So, whew, I mean, you're right on. I guess a single I was going to say single, but like I 50-50? didn't know if Mike was going to flip flow? lid.
2: No, I'm fine with single. Yeah. I think that's they can get
3: eight. I, I mean, their win the preseason win projection was eight and a half on most sports books. So, yeah, you're right there. I mean, they're only one game out of
2: first. They, like I said, they can still do this, but they need to stop turning the ball over.
0: Uh, Do we have anything from Josh this week? Is he still alive?
2: I I actually don't know because I was bad and I was so concerned with the ridiculousness that has been this Pittsburgh-Cleveland game again that I forgot to send him a message asking. So we will see when he gets back to me and we will adjudicate his prediction after he gets back to me. Sounds good. He doesn't get a strikeout yet because I didn't ask.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I will throw up on the board that iowa state football team will make it into the top 25 this year on. Oh, right. absolutely this it, is. it yeah, better it be. <laughs> why would you even make that
3: prediction because he still predicts the one point safety every single
2: year <laughs> oh yeah you didn't predict a one point safety this year
0: oh crap oh it's the second prediction because i forgot about that one uh, <laughs> there will be there will be well, a double home one runs. a one point safety uh, I'm not going to specify what league or what division or anything. That's it's fair. Just, there, there will be a so one like point. So, like, if
2: safety. I see a one point safety in high school, does that count?
0: I don't think a one point safety is technically possible in high school.
2: Okay, you're a high school official, so I'll trust you.
0: The 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 one place where it could the, the only the only way that it really could occur is if on a point after attempt the offense gets the kick. Oh, how could they even do that without the ball being dead? I can't think of a good way to do that in, in high school because it's similar to the pre twenty fifteen NFL rule where when the when team B recovers the ball on a PAT the ball's dead. But we can pretty much strike high school off of this. Yes.
2: So we're cool with the home run either way, or
0: yeah, it shouldn't matter. It should okay, be cool. home. Run.
2: <laughs> I just wanted to get. The, I just wanted to get that on the record, yeah. so we knew. Prevent ambiguity.
0: Yeah, I can't think of a way to do it in high school. There, there might be a way. I'll have to think about it some more.
2: Just trying to prevent
0: ambiguity. That is, that is valid. So I'll throw that up there as well. I I rarely do two predictions. This is probably my second time ever. What do you got, Kyle? I am predicting that
3: Travis Kelsey will have three games this season with two touchdowns or more. Could be throw, or I will say this will be throwing, or throwing, rushing, or receiving. OK, not just limited to strictly receiving touchdowns.
2: Does he have any Kuya passing or rushing touchdowns?
3: I think he does have passing. Uh, rushing touchdowns. Yes, I know he has rushing touchdowns because of how they do the weird like handoff inside things. Yeah.
2: Well, isn't that technically a little count as a little shovel pass?
3: So only in recent years, the shovel pass has been like that's actually been a pass. But I think early in his career, he's had a couple rushes.
2: Gotcha. I'm trying to find. But his it hasn't left. been. It hasn't been
3: recent.
1: He has two rushing touchdowns and one interception, but no passing touchdowns. Gotcha. And then he has a uh, 70 receiving touchdowns.
2: Anyway, uh, probably double.
1: I was trying to see if I could see. That's 29. what I was aiming for, but that's fine. I was trying to pull up stats, but that that that's yeah. That vibes. I'm gonna say I'm not gonna get that upset about it. I think that's probably fine. He's really good double it is did we specify whether that
0: was regular season or regular and postseason it's regular and postseason okay he had three last year too bad we didn't give him a triple because then we've hit the cycle this week but we didn't and that's okay because with a single two doubles and two home runs that concludes our write that down prediction segment which means we're at the end of the episode thank you so much for dropping by this week's episode of the 8311 cast episode 239 From now until next week's episode, be sure to check in with our socials at 8311cast wherever you find us. Signing off for the 8311cast, we have your hosts. Kyle Mersch. Mike Ludwig. Ariane Barry. And Wyatt Teeter. We'll talk to you all again next week. Go Cyclones! Go Cyclones! Go Cyclones! Go
3: Cyclones!